Yo, yo, yo. Hey, what up? Welcome to the uh, Now You're Playing With Podcast podcast. It's the podcast where we go through the Nintendo Power magazines from issue number one till whatever the last one is. And Listener, have you enjoyed joining us on this journey? Have you, hey, have you been reading along? We, we started posting the links in the description. That's true. It's maybe worth mentioning. Yeah, if you want to read along with us. Are you pointing... Are you pointing people to retro mags? Um, archive.org is where, oh perfect. Which could change. It's just, hey, it, I don't know where I'm going to send you every time, but it's you're going to get to the magazine. You do not have to buy these issues to follow along on eBay. How much uh, it, are these issues probably would cost? Do, uh, that's did, a great these, question. We should. Did these hold up? Because uh, they were like three dollars back in the day, but as I found doing some research for the issue we're going to go over today, uh, that's substantially more money now. Um, oh yeah, with Nintendo pure inflation. Power issue twelve. Let's see what we got here. So let's see. Let's see what we got. Um, thirty dollars. Okay, that's actually pretty. I mean, per episode, but that's once every two weeks. Thirty bucks. Yeah, I you bet, could do it. I don't know. I bet if you play your cards right, you could find somebody who'd sell it to you for twenty five. <laughs> yeah, that's an affordable uh, uh, route. But yeah, we'll, we'll we could also we've see, got the link. Here's here's one that's beat all the hell for ten. So hey, you. yeah, okay, yeah. This is I'm gonna stop posting the links. <laughs> <laughs> Buy your own magazines, but definitely follow along so you understand what we're referring to. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're we're getting through it. We're in the we're in May of the 1990. Uh, May five years until I'm born. It's true. Um, I'm I'm Weston Lee, by the way. Oh, right? oh I lives yeah. in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm Brett. I'm a Little writing boy, and I, I gotta stop saying I'm, I'm a medium sized. I'll, I'll upgrade to a medium sized dude. I like in L.A. We we should <laughs> we should make it a rule when we have guests on in the future that like uh, Chase did when he was on. Uh, you don't say that you're a writer, even though most of us have been up to this point. Yeah, you say what your day job is, <laughs> and that's how you get like, oh, I'm a marketing manager for a multinational corporation. Yeah, I get a little bit. I feel like maybe every single guest we could have a different, like maybe just what your favorite fruit is. Uh, slowly learn more about us. What's the most obscure fruit you know about? What would you? What would, what would be your answer for that? Um. A passion fruit. So it's pretty. That's pretty low on the totem pole. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's ones that are like spiny and have like anime hair, but like dragon fruit, right? I don't know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty low on the fruit, uh, but pretty high on the Nintendo Power knowledge. Uh, how do you feel about Super C? Super Super Contra. Contra we're here at. The cover. The cover. Uh, Super C. Here's a weird one. Growing up, I remember Contra being kind of everywhere. Like, everybody had Contra. Oh, really? It was like a big hit. Contra was, it's one of the games, you know? It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, like, for me, it's this weird, iconic game that I, like, it, well, I guess it's, like, weird because it was so iconic, but it didn't get, like, sequels. Like, it's Mario's iconic, but Mario still exists. Like, new Mario games right. come out. Where Contra's this old, like, game that just kind of died at a certain... Like, they don't make Contra games anymore, right? Well, they... they, they do. Oh, do they? They do, but they're not... They're not good. No. Uh, there's actually a recent How Did This Get Played podcast where they savaged... <laughs> I believe it was Contra Rogue Core is the newest one. Okay. Are I've, they, like, full, like... 
first person shooters at this point or uh they mix 2d and 3d which i think is part of the problem yeah i think the last great contra like game where it's a side scroller you got a couple of players you're running through the jungle you're like a shirtless 80s action man yeah uh contra 4 for the ds i think honestly i would say the ds and game boy advance were like uh games that didn't make the leap to 3d like they all had their like heyday like the Mega Man games got good again on the ds oh, yeah. and uh advance so it seemed like all those games that didn't quite like work 3d wise like even the sonic games the sonic games started kind of not working in 3d and a lot of the best sonic the sonic advance games are pretty right. solid i wanted to call them sonic adventure but that's the dreamcast yeah <laughs> absolutely uh, and then they also went back and did like 2D Zelda games for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and that was a cool. That's and that's weird. I guess maybe now that like Void is indie games. Um, yeah, but it's weird that we don't really like have a mainstream 2D console anymore. That's just not. There's not like a market for that anymore. Like the, the sw- yeah, the Switch is kind of that, but yeah. Well, Nintendo does make these 2D 2.5. 2.5D games. That's such a dated term. Uh, <laughs> like the new Metroid game or Donkey Kong Country yeah. where it's like, this is a, our, our new Super Mario Brothers. These are side-scrolling games, but they are 3D graphics. But it was, yeah, it was just interesting like back in the day when there was like, like we have handhelds and consoles and handhelds are always like a couple generations below and like how much they can handle. Right. And at this point, that doesn't, there's not like a handheld that's like uh, kind of bringing back an old type of game by force i guess yeah definitely not from the big console makers however you do have stuff like the playdate yes which have you got your playdate i i you know i'm one right yeah i'm gonna get it like 2023 or something <laughs> so for those of you we'll get back to the magazine i promise <laughs> the playdate is this teenage engineering designed uh it's like a design company that makes like synthesizers and stuff it's this very cool looking little square uh Black and white, like monochrome handheld. Yeah, they, well, they're like their whole thing is they just make like cool gadgets, right? It's like if you like teenage engineering, right? Or like the Playdate, right? If you like when you buy a new system, you have like one day where you're like, oh, the technology of this is so cool. Like when I first got a PSP, I was like, oh man, I got a little joystick on this. It's like this cool little shape. Just, yeah, and then and, you find out it hurts to hold and play for a long time yeah, and you don't ever play it. But it's always the first day that's like really cool and you like really appreciate the tech involved with it. And yeah. that seems like that's what they're going for, right? Is You just kind of like appreciate the tech. Like whether it's like an innovative or not, you're just enjoying how cool it looks. And So with the, with the Playdate, definitely there is an aesthetic quality to it. It's this bright yellow color. You should absolutely look it up if you're at all interested in like retro handhelds. But the the cool thing about it is they, they're weekly, they're releasing games for it weekly. So when you buy the system, you don't need to buy cartridges. All the oh, games yeah. come with the price of the system. And every week you get like two games. Is it, can it connect to the internet? Like you just can download? Yeah, it's got like Wi-Fi and uh, it's got a crank on the side. So oh, yeah, yeah. It has crank controls. It seems really cool. There's also the analog pocket. That's it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Uh, <laughs> Super C. Anything else we should say about this cover? It's, it's another diorama. It is a physical, so it's a jungle setting, which if you know Contra and its sequel, Super C, which is this, this one here, uh, jungle plus action heroes plus aliens is kind of the, uh, Maybe there's a waterfall level. Yeah. There's a a base level with a lot of metal floors. And uh, we can just barely 
the scan that I've got is kind of dark, but you can kind of make out what appear to be poorly made clay action hero men. Yeah. With Rambo headbands, like the red, the red bandanas are the. Yeah, I think it's like I, I I have a lot of nostalgia for kind of like, like this is kind of what Fallout. Like, did you ever play like the Fallout games or like Final Fantasy? Like the kind of pre-rendered background aesthetic. Right. It really reminds me of that, and it's like this weird thing of uh, like I'm very nostalgic for the beginning of 3D stuff, uh, and it all doesn't look like it's not objectively good, but I have a soft spot for for this aesthetic. Here's a here's a deep cut thing as somebody who's used a lot of Photoshop over the over the years. Yeah. And like makes films and stuff. I think this is one of the first ones of these that they've done where they did a sky replacement, which is partly why it looks that way to you. Okay. Cuz it so the the dudes are hiding at this log and they're looking out over some kind of spaceship thing in the background and there's this kind of orangey uh yellow sky behind it with a lot of cool clouds and stuff and the sun is setting. And it looks like that's a photograph that they replaced the background of whatever the physical diorama stuff was. Yeah. Um, so it gives it, it doesn't quite match up. The light is coming <laughs> from all the wrong directions. Like yeah. that ship should be silhouetted. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, but it's cool. If we're, we're going to talk some cinematography, <laughs> we don't have to. Though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's fine. All right. Let's open this puppy up. Mailbox. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought this was a pretty good mail, but this was a good one. I, I yeah, thought. they they skipped a, the last episode was not that strong. This one's real strong. I thought it was, yeah, I, it almost, I know we'll dive in and like hit it, but it almost seems like someone got fired and a new person came in for responding because <laughs> the person responding to these mailbox questions is wild and fun. And I would say substantially more fun and less like business generic than we're used to. Yeah, and and they actually start off the mailbox with a thing that we hear about all the time online if you're in games culture, which is the why do games cost so much rant, uh, which, yeah. you know, nowadays on Twitter, that looks like somebody that's like, well, my rent's only $1,000 a month and I only spend $100 a month in food, so all games should cost $4,000 total, and, you know, so everyone should pay 99 cents for the games. I could do this. <laughs> And uh, in, th- in this case, it's a little less accusatory and presumptuous. This is uh, Billy Winslow and Saratoga Springs Nye. And he, he asks, he says, I heard on the six o'clock news that it only takes f- four to five dollars to make a game. Why are they are 40 to 50 dollars in stores? Yeah. And this is 1990. You look up the inflation. Um, games used to cost a hundred dollars. Oh, geez. So it's, I mean, I just paid a hundred dollars for Destiny 2 Witch Queen plus the 30th anniversary expansion. <laughs> But most of the time, if you're buying a game in a store, it's 60 yeah. or 70 70 now, yeah. And then, you know, you're going to buy some DLC if it's, if it's a big one. But Got to get that actual ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I agree. Like, I don't think this is, like, I, I'm, I'm confused on why someone would have the question because so clearly it's, like, because someone made the game. <laughs> That's obvious. Yeah, so he's obviously talking about... Whatever Ding Dong did this local news segment did not account for the overhead costs. It's just the cost of manufacturing a cartridge. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. It's a bit of a Ding Dong move. Uh, And the way they respond is wild, though. It's 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 honestly a good metaphor, but it's pretty wild. They they pretty much just state, "Hey, you know how like the human body." They said the human body itself is not worth a lot of money. Yeah, it's just some water and some carbon. It's just water and and carbons, and if you were to break down the human body, you know, you're not going to get a ton of money involved with it and the part that's valuable about the 
body is the brain is like the is the thoughts and stuff behind yeah, it. The things the body can do. Yeah, and so it's all the stuff you can't see. And they're saying that I'm assuming you think you're more valuable than like the 20 bucks you could get out of your body or probably maybe more, but out of your body. You're you probably think you're way more valuable because of stuff you can't see. And he's like, games are like that. It's, you know, you can see these like just plastic and components in it, but it's about what you can't see. It's about the labor going into the game. It's the overhead of shipping. It's all this other stuff that makes it valuable, which I I think is a good metaphor. It's a wild metaphor that feels a little like to immediately respond saying like the human body's not worth. Billy, you're not worth very much (laughs) if we were just to take your body components like I just, it, it was a wild, like, and, and very. I thought on the like, I think a great argument. Like it was, it, it felt inappropriate for the context, but I thought it was a good metaphor. Talking through this now, it makes me think about the opening of Jurassic Park, where the kids like raptors aren't scary, and Doctor Grant, who hates children, uh, puts the kid in his place by basically graphically showing him how a, a pack of raptors would cut him up and eat him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they really gave the kid the truth bomb on this one. <laughs> like, that, that kid did not sleep when reading. And it gets it gets better. Like, I, I don't know that we'll ever top my favorite ever letter, but I, this, is a, this is a good follow-up to that one, too. Uh, yeah, uh, this might be my favorite. I just thought it was... Yeah, do you want to you want to set this one up, Star Watcher? Oh, oh different one. Oh, uh, oh, are you still talking about? I'm just talking about the body one. I thought, oh, let's go back be, to the body thing. My, no, I've got nothing else to say. I just think that might <laughs> be my favorite letter so far. Uh, the next one is a very brief letter from a <laughs> Jason in Boston Ma who who says, "Hey, I saw the Wizard and it was awesome. I want to write to the actress who plays the lead girl in the movie. Do you have her address? Jenny Lewis is her name." <laughs> and. Uh, And the response is, um, actually, I, I do feel like the previous letter answerer would have just been like, we're not allowed to send letters to anybody. Sorry, kid. Yeah, totally. But they do have a uh, a good kind of old school response, which is they give them the um, publicity department address for uh, the NBC show that she was working on. Yes. And what a weird... <laughs> I love the wizard. I would like to get in touch with this woman. Can you help me? How many times did Jason <laughs> contact or other entities trying to find a way to send this girl? Yeah, it's, his letter? It's, it's weird. And it just it it also makes me think of just how they must be getting really weird. Messages. Yeah, if they printed this if, one. If this one's getting an end. Yeah, I I'm sure there's got to be so many weird letters then that they're getting cuz you know, <laughs> that made me think of a thing, which is that uh, uh, our friends at, at Listen to Sassy, and they're going through issues of Sassy Magazine, the Teen Girls Magazine from the, the 80s. Yeah. And uh, Alyssa Milano did an exercise video called Teen Sweat that was featured in a recent issue. So they are posting images and clips of Teen Sweat. And... Uh, yeah, I can only imagine the other letters that they, they got here about this teenage actress that they chose not to print. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's always because I, you know, I always just have like my little circle I'm in of people I talk to. It's always weird when you like step out of a little bubble and you're like, oh, there's a lot of weird people out there. Yeah. And I, this is just a reminder. There's some weird ass people out there. I mean, I sent Steven Spielberg a letter once, but that's different. <laughs> It wasn't because he was he was a cute girl in a movie. <laughs> yeah. 
But I, yeah, I, What's like, it, what does he say in the letter? Like, we know what the modern person would do in the letter would be something horrible because that's the internet. For yeah, yeah. If you're if you're gonna contact somebody famous that you're theoretically attracted to, that's the guess here. We're yeah, assuming. Yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, you're gonna, gonna send that person a picture they don't want to receive or a, a a note that frightens and disturbs them, or just uh, hack their. Something hack them. I don't know. Yeah, that that happened too. <laughs> Just invade their privacy. <laughs> Jason's gonna be like some creepy hacker. <laughs> I'm sure Jason's a good guy. We just uh, yeah. put, put him on blast here. Sorry, Jason. Uh, if you're listening, <laughs> Jason's been like waiting for his episode, and we we just crush him. Then I mean, I also like they have uh, one person ask, "Hey, Nintendo Power is always in English, and I have a lot of friends who only speak French." Mm-hmm. And they kind of respond a little bit in French. They like they say, "Hey!" They like respond with a little bit of French and saying, "Like, hey, if you have any questions, we can respond in whatever native language you have for for this stuff." And there's a lot of fun in it. Like they, someone that says a French, and their first line is like saying, "I, I don't, I don't know the uh, translation, but it oh, sounds I, like yeah." My French, pr- <laughs> I learned German. My French pronunciation, not good. yeah. I'm not going to try, but it's, they at least start by responding in French, which I just. Whoever's responding is now suddenly fun. I don't they're, know. They're trying to be personable. Yeah. They're trying to include. Uh, I want to hang out with this person. Uh, what do you call somebody from Quebec? They, they want the people of Quebec to feel included as part of the continent, even though they speak French and don't actually belong. Like, I don't know where the heart came. I honestly, like. I'm going <laughs> to piss people off in Canada by making. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys had a rough time with things with the Quebec versus everybody else. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Uh, yeah, there's uh, the rest of them. This is pretty boilerplate, but yeah, the responses. It's funny that these kind of tepid corporate responses are okay, whereas the ones before were not okay. Or yeah, I just think they got they're they feel like human response. It, they don't. It, it doesn't feel like really cold. I think the temperature went up a little bit. Here is a question for you. Can we intuit some clues about who this person might have been or where they might have worked before based on their responses? For example, bringing up the material costs of the human body makes me think this person was like an organ trafficker or otherwise part of the <laughs> medical community. Yeah. I, and they speak French and or Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'd say organ trafficker. I think that that's right out of the nose for me. All right, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's hit on to the power players. I do not have a specific favorite power player. Did you? Do you have no, one? No, I just up? had like one comment on it. Is um, one power player? Uh, so again, like power players are people who write in saying they're like great at video games. And when he says he beats a video game, he would always say he defeats them. Right. Right. He's like, I I, I defeated the last level of Pac-Man. I defeated Mega Man 2. And that's weird. That's, 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 that's pretty extreme. I defeated school today, Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the most... In- I honestly want to start taking that because I, I didn't... Re- like, I realized saying you defeated a game is the most intense way you could say that. He, he does point out that he is the oldest uh, sibling in his family, and he's also the only boy. So he has little sisters. And I have to wonder if perhaps... He uh, is struggling in middle school like I did in middle school because I did not have an elder sibling to provide some uh, 
guidance to make me more cool yeah. and, and to make junior high less of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that is going in first sounds pretty scary. I had, I had an older brother. So like I already was like walking into a reputation a little bit. Yeah. So maybe like Will is compensating for uh, the sheer horror of being alive. <laughs> if he's compensating by defeating. I feel like demolishing a game is kind of, if I, I demolished Pac-Man. <laughs> But don't you also use, you and the guys use the word demolished to like refer to eating? Like, oh man, I demolished that sandwich. Me and my friends? Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like we use really weird verbiage. Like, I feel like it doesn't even make sense half the time. I feel like we just like to use strange words. It's a bunch of Chicago. Is it specific to you or is it a Chicago thing? I I think all of us use like uh, adjectives and shit like, like that is non, there's no roots. We're just grabbing random words that we think are cool and putting them in spots. Like there was a thing I was trying to do for a while. I haven't done. I, I lost it for a while. Uh-huh. But I used to say when I'm like leaving somewhere that I'm gonna hawk out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was really trying to get that started, but it, it didn't. It didn't stick. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> hey, I I think it's really funny in uh, video games when you're shooting enemies in their weak spot to tell people to keep popping them in the old bean bag, but. <laughs> No one else uses that one either. So yeah, that, that's pretty much how me and my friends work. It's like we, we every single thing we say, we we try to have that energy. All right, we're here. We're done. It's time for. Okay. It's Final Fantasy Nintendo. Last issue, they had a bunch of they had the Dragon Quest Choose Your Own Adventure. Dra- yeah, Dragon I, Warrior. Dragon. It's well, Dragon they, Warrior, and it becomes Dragon Quest. Yes, I think that's it. Because the name in Japan, anyways. So they have Final Fantasy, and uh, here, here, this feature has two parts to it. One is there, there's actually a, like a contest. Yeah, like a the pretty like contest. They didn't really describe the prize that well. Um, they they list a couple of them. I I, I wrote them down. I was so struck by what they're offering to send children. But um, <laughs> this first part is cool because we've talked a lot about how reading. A guide, a partial guide to a game in Nintendo Power has a uh, like a narrative quality. It's kind of like you're playing the game in your head. Yeah, totally. And they literally call this a story view, uh, this feature. And this is, oh, yeah. they've done these a couple of times. They did, did it for Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. So it's literally just these are some of the adventures you're going to have, and there's illustrations. So it's like, it's almost like re- reading a Wikipedia summary of a story, but it kind of works. I think it's cool. Oh, yeah, that is a good point. They really do just they give you little snippets of the cool things you'll be experiencing. Um, uh, Willow did this a little bit. So it's like the, the Dwarf Cave. Yeah, here's all the, the stuff you're going to run into on this grand adventure. And I thought that was super neat. Yeah, I think it's actually, yeah, I agree. It's a pretty good sell. Like they just kind of, and I think especially at this time, it's like this is the first time you'd play an RPG kind of game. Like these are, they're kind of introducing this new thing that is kind of still in its weird adventure form but you know like the appeal of an rpg is like look at this uh, you know when you play mario and you do like three things mm-hmm. this is a game where you do a hundred things oh yeah it and, just keeps going and and they do that they show you like you'll be here like you'll you're gonna you're gonna battle ogres then you can ride on a flying ship you can explore the ice caves like it, that that is the appeal and they do a good job of just like pounding all these different things you'll be doing. Yeah, and this is an interesting way to approach telling the story in, in the first Final Fantasy because there really isn't much. It's pretty boilerplate fantasy stuff, yeah. and there's no characters because you choose the makeup of your party. It's the more, yeah, because, I mean, looking at this, I forgot. I've never played the first one, but it, I uh, I know about it, and uh, it, I didn't realize how it's really just D&D. 
Yep. That's what it is. It's like, there's no, anything we think of Final Fantasy to me, when I think about it, not D&D. It's crazy over the top world with melodrama. Buckles on everything. Yeah. Sword shield, uh, sword guns. Sword guns. Which are cool. Sword guns are high. Swords on airships. Do you think sword guns, guns are cool? Guns on airships. <laughs> I, I, I thought at, in 1998, I thought sword guns were very cool. <laughs> I think they're a little impractical now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it is just straight, like, it's like dwarves and elves and stuff like that. And like, that's, that DNA does, that exists nowhere in Final Fantasy. Like, all their, like, I guess, fantasy lore that they pull from is all, like, made up shit. It's all chocobos and mo- moogles and yeah. Shiva. Yeah. I don't even know, do they have airships in the first game or does that, they have, it looks the, like they have yeah, ships. Yeah, it looks like they have an airship. The, if you okay. go to the third, oh, third yeah, page, right. there's an airship. So that, that might be the only thing that seems like it's like a staple of Final Fantasy. The rest oh. of it seems like just. Oh, uh, contraire. This is a water ship. Oh, well, are you it, sure? But it, it does look like a boat. It's got propellers on. Wait. Are you on Take It to the Skies? Oh, you said third page. I oh. flipped to. Uh, the, yeah, that was a little later. Touche. I guess there is an airship in the first Final so, Fantasy. So, yeah, I guess they, they, they established a little bit. But the majority of this is very not Final Fantasy and vibe. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I did... So I did not have this issue of Nintendo Power as a kiddo, but I did have the one with Final Fantasy 2 slash 4, so the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy. That one's great. And that or one, not, yeah, it is. Wait, and, it's for the like best one, or that's six. Six is the one... Is like the one. Yeah. The four had a lot of story stuff oh, going on. The, four is the one where you're like the evil guy, right? Yeah. You start out evil. You're, oh, you're yeah. Like that's in, super fun. You're part of the... Some kind of knights. Red knights. Something like that. Yeah. For, oh, yeah. Red, four, the Red Wings. Four was a huge step for them. That was when they really started like trying to do narrative stuff, right? Yeah. And it kind of... It plays out like a stage play the way that they do it because they don't have the cinematic stuff they added in six. Anyway, yeah. uh, the Nintendo Power coverage of it was interesting to me because it's very similar to this, where it's just like, here's the events that the heroes are going on, but it also has character profiles. Oh, cool. I'm always down for character profiles. Because, like, the tenuous relationship between the various heroes and the party is like a big part of it. Well, that's also that, you know, like we've seen a lot of stuff where like they'll add all this, like these little advertisements will add lore that does not actually exist in the game. Mm-hmm. Like that, ha- like they, we've seen character profiles for games that don't actually have character. Like the characters don't actually have any dialogue. All, all this is made up in the advertising, but that would actually be an example, right? Of that actually being related to the game. Like these, if you had a character profile on a Final Final Fantasy IV character, that would actually be true in the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because the they're they're like reflect, real reflect that. <laughs> I'm reminded again of that illustration from one of the <laughs> Dragon Warrior features of the uh, the innkeeper when a hero is coming in to rest at the end, and yeah. it just looks like these this group just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> You can imagine, like, you're, you're working at the desk in your hotel, and then the, the sliding doors open, and this guy just collapses, and there's blood everywhere, <laughs> like, <laughs> his sword is all chipped. I, I do, like, throw in narrat- my own narrative into games, but... Should make a game about an innkeeper, and just a bunch of almost dead people stumble into the doors. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't hate that. Yeah, and then there's, uh, there's the contest, where if you... So, this is a... So Nintendo published Final Fantasy, so I think this is one of their attempts to get people to play it. Yeah. Where they are asking, uh, on a bi-monthly basis, they have 
specific questions from the game. So like, what is the name of the dancer? Which I don't know the answer to that. So you answer three of these, you turn them in, you get uh, entered into a contest and they send you fantasy accoutrements if you win. Yeah. What is that? So, uh, the May June prize, you win. Let's see. Uh, they might send you some stickers, so that's cool. You get some decals, or bad. you win one of four exquisitely designed and crafted power staves staffs. I don't know what that means. Like, like, like a wizard staff. They're giving you like a custom wizard staff. Is that? Yeah. So they found. <laughs> they went to the the weirdest artsiest part of Seattle <laughs> and uh, hired some kind of craftsman to make uh, wizard staves. Oh, okay. That's actually awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. That's uh, sick. And then in July and August, the the next set is uh, you get full size suits of armor. <laughs> oh, I totally missed this. Holy crap! And then September, October, and th- <laughs> this is the real good one. Yeah, I read this one. This one's insane. Yeah, if you're uh, you you, you can win one of a hundred crystal orbs. Which okay, can you? Yeah. As an eight-year-old, I would be very excited to receive I, a crystal orb. I think I'd honestly use. I, I like. I play. I, I feel like I spent a lot of my eight-year-old life pretending I was a wizard. So I'd definitely get use out of that orb. We probably wouldn't have been allowed to have that in our house because it's too D and D esque. And as you all know, D and D players are worshiping Satan. <laughs> oh, really? Or at least they were in nineteen ninety. Were you a pretty religious household then? Yeah, it's um, it's satanic panic in the eighties and nineties where yeah. it was just, and it's such a shame because Dungeons and Dragons, like collaborative storytelling, is so fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, like, and you can play a game where you don't worship the Dark Lord, and it's also fucking worship the Dark Lord. That's sick. <laughs> We wait until the parents go to sleep to worship Satan <laughs> so they don't find out. Uh, there's also... Let's yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. say the third prize is? Because it is all... Did you read the final? It sounds like to me that they will make you a custom escape room kind of scenario. Wait, what? Yeah, they said like uh, the main thing is they will put you through a big scavenger treasure hunt where you dress up at you all and you and all you all your and all your friends will dress up as final fantasy characters and go through some elaborate treasure hunt they designed that sounds awesome yeah that, like that's such a cool they really knocked it out of the park if that's it's a bummer too because like i feel like a kid wouldn't read this the entire quest like, will be yeah because it's too many words on I the page sca- yeah they didn't really like i was having a hard time following like what they were giving you as price they need pictures like, I didn't understand the staffs. They needed a picture of a staff for me to like be like, oh, cool, that's awesome. You know how the the last movie set prize went to a kid that lives in Burbank who probably grew up on movie sets? Yeah. I bet the person who wins this like is a hobbit from Hobbiton, <laughs> an elf oh, from the Riverlands. A master treasure hunter, Indiana yuck, yuck. Jones. Where's my badumch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah! Boom! Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, all right, Super Contra. Uh, we already talked about Super C. The only thing I don't think I said that I wanted to was I think it's interesting that I feel like Contra was ubiquitous, but I don't think I've ever seen a physical copy of Super C at just somebody's house. Whereas Contra is like, if somebody had a Nintendo Entertainment System, they had Super Mario Brothers 3, yeah. they had Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, and they had like <laughs> Contra. Yeah, I... I, I, I know the one I definitely can confirm is everyone had Mario Bros. Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Because it came with the console. With, did it come with that? Yeah. Okay. But uh, apparently Super C is really good. I, I'm as bad at it as I am at Contra. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a hard game. <laughs> uh, and Dino Wars. I have no opinion. 
Dino Wars, I just remember kind of like Blaster Master. There's stuff where you're on foot and there's stuff when you're in your giant Tyrannosaurus Rex robot. Yeah. Except that they're both just side-scrolling levels, so it's <laughs> pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, next up, Nintendo Power Awards 1989. We get to see who won. Yeah, the big... And like it's just kids voting on these, right? Yeah, and, and the old nerds who play video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the so we, nesters. So if you, who was unfortunate enough to win a nester? I know, and honestly, like these, some of these are pretty whack, pretty wacky. You don't agree with the results of these? You, you don't agree with the results of these? You bro? Don't, you, you, yeah, you do. <laughs> it seems like you took that personally. Uh, like Mega Man 2 won Best Graphics and Sound. I think that's pretty deserved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mega Man 2's got a great soundtrack. Best Challenge, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. Best Theme slash Fun, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure. Wasn't a, good, wasn't a great game. Best Maybe Play Control. Not even a good game. Mega Man 2. Great. Yeah, I'm in for that. Characters that link ending Ninja Gaiden. That's the first thing with like cutscenes. I think that's deserved. Yeah. Player versus player football. A football game. Great. Tech Mobile, which is like the football game. But like, let's look at this final one. Oh, this is what you're taking the, umbrage with. The overall winner. The overall winner, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A notoriously bad game. Like, it's a bad game. Yeah, and, and almost to add insult to in, injury, they even show a turtle attempting to defuse a bomb in the damn level at the center <laughs> of the page. That's like their one of their focus screenshots. Yeah, that's like, it's not a good game. And it beat Mega Man 2. It's not good, but it is fun. And it has Ninja Turtles in it. Yeah, I don't know why I think it won. Why? Um, so when kids voted, it was March of 1990. Mm-hmm. April of You know what just came out? What? I mean, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, man, that movie was awesome. Yeah, that movie just came out. I'm, I think that uh, swayed the win. Yeah. I think every kid had just watched that movie and was like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rule. And they all voted for it. For that reason. I will say Mega Man 2 not winning a Nestor for 1989 kind of feels like Bill Murray not getting that Oscar for <laughs> Lost in Translation. I mean, any of these games would have been better than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I really think, is a game. But Mega Man 2 is like, for me, is like, uh, I mean, I honestly haven't played most of these games, but Mega Man 2 is so, so, to me, it's so like above every other game that I've, like NES game I've played. It's like, they fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's... And it's not like the other nominees were slouches. I mean, Ninja Gaiden is a great game. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, Zelda 2 is interesting. I genuinely think kids just watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie and were psyched about it. Yeah. Well, now that you're disappointed, I'm excited to report we have a thing that will make your uh, your mood worse. I know, yeah. Howard and... They really like to give you like a double nester shit in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be their their go to. So uh, this this okay this issue of Howard and Nestor. Let, let's set the stage here. Uh, Nestor has been employed by Howard, who yeah. has taken a Super Mario Brothers three raccoon power up. He has raccoon ears and a tail. He's, he's a raccoon now. Whatever. And uh, <laughs> I wish they hadn't have explained it. I kind of wish. They just he just had the ears. That's, <laughs> like, what happened to you? Oh, long weekend. Ha ha ha. It is interesting. Like, I feel like Howard is becoming less human as we go on. Like, 
It's like a Beauty and the Beast thing where somebody <laughs> showed up at Mario showed up at his door and tried to ask for help and he turned him away and a wi- turned out to be a witch. I, I, yeah, honestly, did they, does he say? I think he got, I think a witch cursed him. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing to have happen to somebody in their day to day life. They're just going to work at their job. So the job, by the way, is at R and D. So they are doing quality insur- assurance. They are physically going into video games like VR style. Um, assuming this is like kind of based off the inception technology they've been using. Right. Uh, they like zap into video games to hunt the bugs inside of the video games. Yeah. Which, and of course, Nestor, dumb old Nestor, fucking idiot Nestor. He thinks, and he's really excited to have a job and he's excited to be reunited with Howard. Which and is, yeah, it's like, he gets to go to work with his dad now. He's kind of his dad, right? Yeah, well, like it's it's it's. I mean, it goes back into like that controlling aspect where it's like, hey, if Nestor gets a job, it's through ne- it's through Howard. It's yep. anything that happens that's good for Nestor is through. It's through really Howard. controlling and abusive. Yeah. So uh, he he of course has brought a bug net like a like a ding dong, and uh, <laughs> he's, th- yeah, he, he's, thinks he thinks he's going to get some actual bugs, bugs at uh, Nintendo R and D here, and uh, Howard's like, no, 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 <laughs> not insect bugs, programming bugs. Come on, the interface is ready, and then they use a thing to teleport them or incept them. Yeah, into a uh, like I mean, yeah, they're kind of going into the dream of a video game. It, they have like a studio grade. CRT, like a tube monitor here that they're inside of, because the words are coming out of the TV. So they're physically... Yeah, it's a Willy Wonka scenario. Like they're inside, like as little guys inside of a screen. Yep. And then uh, we can actually see the checklist of one of the other R&D employees. They're all wearing lab coats, by the way. And they all look suspiciously like Howard. (laughs) We'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So so Nestor... uh, yeah, you know, Howard's like, you have to use your head in here, which I feel like we need a music cue almost for <laughs> one of, don't, do not do it. <laughs> Come on. I asked for that. You, you so wanted, you I wanted it. I didn't, but, um, <laughs> so they're. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, sorry. That's uh, about. You have, so the level they're actually going into to bug check is the first uh, mini castle from Super Mario Brothers 3 World 1. Yes. Uh, and we know this because as part of the bug testing, um, they're actually trying to get to the warp tubes that are above the level. Like a secret. Yeah, and it actually works really similar to the warp level in uh, Super Mario Brothers 1-2. Oh, that's you, awesome. Where you run above the stage. I didn't even know that. I haven't played enough Mario Bros. 3, but that's that's cool that they did that again in like a new, unique way. Yeah, so uh, but <laughs> unfortunately it's Nestor. <laughs> Testing this. So, you know, the yeah. first thing he does is jumps up to hit a block. And can you imagine playing Super Mario Brothers where Mario forgets to put his fist out when he's jumping to hit yeah, the block? Yeah, so he just like nails his head. Yeah, on it. gives himself some kind of concussion. But he does get his uh, his own uh, raccoon witch curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like more of a fake, like it's almost like Howard's dressing him up like himself. <laughs> So you're saying Howard has actual raccoon ears and a tail, and yeah, Nestor think, is just wearing. I think Howard's like um, the real, de- like he's actually cursed and is a raccoon. Where I think Nestor's just wearing raccoon uh, accessories. Yeah, and so he, it's 
Okay, that that would also explain why he cannot fly in yeah. the next panel. Because what you have to do to get up above the stage is you get your leaf, so you're in raccoon mode. Oh, and, shit. And you have just enough room on that platform with the door to the next area to get a running start and fly up and over. That's actually a really good point. So it almost is kind of Howard sabotaging necessary yeah. once again. Wow. It's, I mean, it's I didn't all. I didn't even catch that the first time around. But yeah, that it seems like Howard is for sure cursed is a raccoon and he like i think maybe even two nesters like hey this is exactly what i did but it's clearly not yeah so this seems like a trap yeah it's it's ab- like it's all here on the page <laughs> so howard of course can fly because he was actually cursed by a witch yeah and given raccoon powers so he he flies up to the the warp zone and i, I think i misspoke it's not pipes in super mario brothers 3 there's like, like a warp whistle that you get okay yeah but um yeah, Nestor has to go to the next area, which has a crushing ceiling. And uh, there's a panel here that, should, that that has a bonk sound effect, but he doesn't appear to be crushed by the ceiling. And I have to wonder, like, was the actual panel of him getting hit censored? Oh, like, it, you think it was, like, a pretty brutal... Like, it, it's like a spike ceiling, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah, I mean, like, they're actually in the game. And, like, you know, when Mario gets crushed by spikes, you don't really think about how he feels and how that much that would feel, you know? It, I mean, if you actually get crushed by spikes, that's probably a pretty painful experience. Yeah, yeah. So they had to redraw a panel, basically. I've actually got a bit of a theory. Okay. Um, so, you know, like if someone gets cursed, like sometimes it's like a soul for a soul. Explain. Like the one, like if you made a deal with the devil, the one way to get out of the contract would be to, oh, to uh, replace yourself. Would be to replace yourself with yes. someone else. Like drag me to hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so it kind of sounds like uh, Howard might have been in one of those scenarios and um, replaced his name with Nestor's in this, in this comic. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so at the end here, this might, this might uh, support your theory. So they, they come back out <laughs> of the machine after Nestor is killed by the ceiling. Yeah. And uh, are you okay? Yeah, sure. I enjoy having my head used as a pin cushion. You should try it. And then... And it, you know, so they're they're bringing him a first aid kit, presumably to wrap some bandages around his dome. Yeah. But like later back in R and D. Meanwhile, the other R and D guys are <laughs> hitting each other with the net and just fucking around. <laughs> yeah, they're just kind of having a good time. Yeah, like, they're literally it's a stop bugging me, Tony. Ha ha ha. They're not doing anything. Is this a real R and D department? Oh, yeah, that's a. I mean, yeah, this, this raises a lot of questions for me, I would say. Uh, there's a lot, like, is this a real R&D? Because, like, there's a part of me that can could buy that. Like, they're they're clearly using technology they've used in the past. That's just mm-hmm. the Inception technology. We know Nestor was created in a lab. This could be that lab. There's robots. It's more of an art. It's, like, more of a sci-fi lab than anything. I wouldn't even call it an R&D. And there's also kind of people who look identical to Howard. Like all these people we're talking about who work at R&D, they all look exactly like Howard minus the bow tie. Yeah, and they're so kind of like, just like generic dudes with some hair. It's like almost, I'm almost thinking like, you know, are there, are these all Howard clones? Uh, you know, are, is, is this kind of like this little, you know, self-contained lab that they all live in? Are they actors? Okay. Yeah, th- there's a lot of different ways to tackle this and we're probably gonna have to flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so one other little detail in this first panel, we actually see the uh, Gizmo Duck knockoff from the Moon Adventure that didn't make any sense. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's over in the corner here, which means that this it did that take place in the real world? Or wait a minute, 
was that robot somehow involved in Howard and Nestor both incepting the duck? Because it does appear in the duck stream. Oh, that, that's I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. Like, or do you also think like, what if, so they clearly use the inception technology to go into the video game. Like that's the same tech, but yeah. just utilized in a different way. Uh, and so I wonder if this is where all the inception has been taking place. You right? know, this could be I, I where love, they brought the duck, and the duck saw the robot, so that, that may, that's then why it's in the, the dream. Yeah, it was in the dream. Yeah, yeah. I, my initial read, which I admit is like way, it's way worse writing. So I like this take a lot better. Yeah. Is that the duck being there was like the spinning top hint that we're in a dream right now. Oh, and I don't want this to be Inception. I want to see the actual room where it happens, and yeah. I think that. The idea of Howard overseeing an R&D, like a quality assurance department where they don't hardly do anything, but they have unlimited technology. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. That, man. So, so that he can take his, uh, you know, drug out. What is it called when you give somebody drugs to keep them trapped in your care? Um, we talked about this last time. Doing a Howard. Yeah, you bring in uh, the child that you've uh, you fully entrapped again, and just to kind of make him stick his head out the windows, you drive him by a bunch of branches, and just one <laughs> after another in this video game, just set him up to get thwacked this also, over and over. Yeah, I mean, I really do think Howard set Nestor up for for failure. I mean, not I mean, past we're not like just hitting hit branches. We're, he's not just like slapping branches at his face. He's impaling him with spikes he's crushing him to death well virtually like inside television i'm guessing i mean if you feel pain in inception you feel it in real life uh right if you die in inception don't you just go crazy or something you go into limbo right is that what yeah i think if you die you go into the place with the skyscrapers in the ocean Hmm. i haven't seen inception in like 11 years yeah i haven't either um we, we probably should brush up on that for this podcast. <laughs> I, I read the Wikipedia article. I haven't seen the whole movie. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it kind of makes sense to me that this would be like, this is the lab. We like, we're finally getting what real life is. Like, I don't know. We really never, this is the only panel I think I can confidently say is in real life. We've gotten some s- snapshots of real life in here. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, we're, the curtain has been pulled back. We're in the red room. Uh, I got to say, these R&D guys must have it pretty good. I think all the actual quality assurance happens in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a pretty light workload. So, you know, Howard can be like, hey, guys, uh, I'm going to bring the kid in. Can we set up set it up to have some fun oh, with him? It almost seems like, it almost seems like, okay, so... These are a bunch of people who look exactly like Howard, right? Everyone working here, and they're all dicking around. Mm-hmm. This all, and we're in this lab that's really high tech, right? It's like pretty. Like there's some there's robots, Inception technology. There's like a laser gun on the wall. It's it almost seems like someone else who is like a crazy like a good scientist was working there, and it seems like there was like a clone uprising scenario. <laughs> like it seems it seems like these. It really does seem like a group of like identical looking people took over this lab that they should not be controlling. Right. Okay. Some sort of, I love that take, right? Can I, (laughs) can I count, can can I counter with my read on it? Okay. Yeah. This is my guess as to what's happening. Um, Howard oversees the HR department and he's 
just unconsciously selected people that look and act exactly like him to, sta- <laughs> to staff the R&D team. <laughs> it's obviously one of those two. Okay, yeah. So it's like Howard just likes being around people who remind him of himself because he's got he's such an egomaniac. Mm-hmm. He's like, I like the cut of that guy's jib, but it's like, Howard, it's because it's a white guy who parts his hair exactly like yours. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Like he is such an, I mean, it, it, it definitely falls into his character. Uh, and I feel like also him getting cursed by a witch, I think if we're really going to go an egomaniac route, that would make sense. I think this might be the first um, example of like white male privilege depicted in comics also, because those guys, <laughs> those guys in the last panel that are just playing with the, with the bug net. Yeah. Um, I love those two. They look so happy and just carefree. And they're just being idiots. And they, yeah. they don't have anywhere to be. They don't need to do anything. And even the guy carrying the first aid kit over to uh, treat Nestor. Uh, you yeah, know. he kind of looks like he's like, he's like, he's, he looks like he's surprised that he's working. Yeah. It's, <laughs> he was the one that lost the three-way uh, rock, paper, scissors. And uh, Tony and the guy in the chair just get to like hang out for another two hours and I don't know, let's have some fun with this bug net. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like, yeah, there's the two routes we can go. It's either, cause I think if, if we're going to go the route, that Howard's like an egomaniac and he's like, I think these people are a little bit in the dark of the fucked up shit Howard's doing. I think yeah. I think all of those like Howard looking coworkers are blissfully unaware. These are all, you know, all this funding is going towards torturing one dumb shit kid (laughs) (laughs) i mean these guys each pull in they 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 all they're all computer engineers mechanical engineers of some kind yeah uh you know programmers and they're wearing lab coats so you know they're making six figures even in 1990 that's a lot they're they're doing they're doing fine yeah so they're making two hundred thousand dollars a year in our money and they work like what four hours a week (laughs) and the rest of the time they just got to sit around and you know i don't know play with the equipment yeah okay so it's either that or they're a bunch of clones who who uh, who did an uprising yeah, against the scientists and the president of Nintendo or the scientists, president of Nintendo of America or whatever. Whoever yeah. runs this thing is uh, dead or worse, trapped in the video game. Or worst is Nestor somehow. <laughs> He's turned into Nestor, trapped his consciousness inside Nestor, as being John Malkovich style, where he can <laughs> see and feel, but he can't control anything. <laughs> He's yeah. He's just like a passenger in Nestor's brain. Okay, I, I guess we got it. Which one is heads? Yeah. Which one is tails? Um, let's go heads. I, I think heads. Uh, Howard is just hiring. This is where Howard works, and he's just hiring people who look like him. <laughs> it's a bias. It's just HR a bias. HR bias. <laughs> and then tails. There was a clone uprising. Okay, heads. HR bias. Tails. Clone <laughs> uprising. Okay. <laughs> Ted's all right, all right. So this is just Howard's workplace. So uh, we're, we're assuming <laughs> that's what I wanted. It's so or the banality of evil. And so, are we assuming he's a head honcho here? Yeah, yeah. He's got to be the head honcho or close to the top. I think that maybe the hunks from the volleyball comic are also maybe they run HR or they're part of the executive team. Okay, yeah, I can see. I can see them being part of the sales. Yeah, I think if in probably Maybe some video, sale, they're sales bros. One or more video game characters might who appear in other issues might also work at this, uh, you know, Howard's uh, version of Nintendo see, of America. But I, I would say, no matter what, we're assuming this is where Nestor was created, right? Oh, that's it. Oh. I mean, 
Howard created Nestor. When did we decide that? Um, like issue three, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure it happened. Uh, yeah. I don't think they made him in this room. Okay, so you, you, we just know it happened. Like uh, we we know. Well, I think at this point we're pretty much establishing that Howard is a mad scientist. To some degree, he's got like a kind of mad scientist background. Yeah, and he he continues to be kind of together and ascendant, and like he's not. Nestor doesn't seem so tortured that he would try to leave again. And yet Howard is putting him through the ringer, just like a everyday yeah, cycle I mean, of... Uh, he really fucked up. I mean, he really like... Yeah. I mean, he impaled a, a boy with spikes in this episode uh, <laughs> for no, really and seemingly no reason. Unless yeah. it was to undo a witch curse. But, you know, we're not really sure whether or not that's true. You know, if there was... This reminds me of uh, Sam Raimi, the director, and uh, Bruce Campbell, where like when they were doing the Evil Dead movies, Bruce Campbell, who's the lead in the movie, would just be like driving in the car, and Sam Raimi would be the one holding the branch out to hit him as hard as possible as he's driving by, because uh, torturing his his friends is like his favorite thing. This doesn't feel like that. This feels like authentically cruel. Yeah. There's no love in what Howard is doing here. It's just smothering yeah and it's weird like it's howard's surrounding himself by so many like lovable little goofballs like he's got all these like you know all these people look exactly like him but they're you know they're kind of fun they're kind of goofy and it's just not giving him happy it's not giving him the happiness i think he thought it would yeah you know howard seems to be like the person who's having the least fun here yeah that, now that, that you mention it that's that, a great point it is interesting it's like he's um yeah he's just a miserable man and like it's at the point where he's just constantly, he's continuously torturing this kid. And I don't even see him enjoying it, to be honest. Like, he I does. would almost get it if, like, we saw him, like, smile. Like, we don't, like, he's not even, like. He, he's kind of just going through the motions. I think maybe, my guess is he's getting, like, a tiny drop of stimulation in the back of his brain. Like, I feel like him torturing uh, Nestor is eating, like, one Hershey's kiss. It's the, uh, it's the character in the Tool song, Stink Fist, who can only, uh feel anything to be alive by sticking his arm further and further up his own ass. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's happening. And uh, I think there's some clear biases in the, in the hiring process. Uh, this is really, it's, it's thematically in alignment with what we've seen before because Howard is at his most miserable when he is just mercilessly winning Yeah, you know, and, this dynamic. You know, what I'm actually interested in as well is what's going to catch up to him first, his, um, his, uh, you know, his undiverse hiring decisions yeah, or state labor board. Is, are they going to come after or him? his torturing of a young boy? I, I'm not sure which one's going to hit him first. It's, chi- it's either child protective services or the labor board of Washington state <laughs> uh, are going to show up probably in the next issue. Yeah. I, it's just what, what's going to catch up to him first. And like, we're, you know, Howard's eventually going to be in jail. And it's just, the question is for what? Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And what I am really curious about is what happens to Tony and the boys when the government shuts him down. Because they, I mean, that's the rough thing with Tony and the boys too that I feel bad about <laughs> is they clearly have no skills out. Like they clearly aren't a hireable bunch of guys. I don't think, I don't think they would actually, which is, this actually is a good point. Uh, Howard has found a bunch of lovable goofballs who are entirely dependent off him. Uh, I don't think these these three people could. I they almost seem like nesters who have given up. 
Are they nesters who got too old? <laughs> I guess we'll find okay. out. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. That, we had some deeper theories. All right. Let's take a break. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anyway, where's the commercial? Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we, Here, we Here, we Here we go! All right, you want to send me and Weston some emails? Oh, no. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. Send them to mailbox at nowyourplane.com. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the guys. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're back. I need you to play a different sound effect than that right now. Okay. Just don't don't do what I think you're going to (laughs) do. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Okay. All right. Let's dive back into this magazine. Let's see what we got here. It's a... More features. More features. Got a couple of games here. I don't have strong opinions about them. Codename Viper. Yeah, I don't care. Barai Fighter. You didn't like it. I thought that was all right. Yeah, it's whatever. Right game. The top 30. Hey, it's the top 30. And what's the top five? What do we, what do we got here? Um, uh, let's take a look. Looks like Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. At the number five comes spot. Comes in number five. Right F- below. The Legend of Zelda Boom. at number four. Okay. And, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. At number oh, three. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah, there. But it'll be when we go into the other page, there's some interesting stuff that I want to get into. Okay. But at number two, Tetris. And is that Tetris for the NES? Yeah. Okay. So they, they immediately ported it. This is just, uh, yeah, this uh, came out like right after the Game Boy one. They were just like, ah, oh, this is great. Um, and at number one. Super Mario Bros. 3. Which wins by a landslide. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, well done. Was was your, do you have something to point out about the split out for the votes between mm. players, pros, and dealers? I do. What is it? It's just because all of, for the kids, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles won by a land like not a landslide but it was like their number one yeah uh and again i think that just goes i think just kids are excited about teenage mutant ninja turtles i think this was up to the kids mutant ninja turtles would be number one for sure yeah but uh, if you include movie. people who have taste i.e the pros yeah i mean that, that's the big difference is like uh when you're at the kids number one is the teenage mutant ninja turtle game clearly and if you go to the pros who actually care about video games, it's at the very bottom of the list. 28th place. <laughs> yeah. And if, I, if it wasn't for that, like, difference, they, you know, it once again would have been slamming, the, slamming, the, slamming the, the win. You know what the pros like more than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Shadowgate and Batman. That's great. I mean, I, and I'm Willow, getting... even. <laughs> yeah. And Mario Bros. 3. Like, I, I feel like that's just such an obvious... Like, answer. Maybe the reason I didn't see any copies of uh, Super C, Super Contra, as opposed to Contra, is because I didn't hang out at any grown men's houses <laughs> growing up. 
Wait, is Super Steve even on there? Super Steve's not out yet, right? No, I was trying to draw a line between the fact that nobody had Super C growing up with uh, the placing of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on this <laughs> list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... Yeah, pros have like a fun little... They, they're suddenly mad scientists in this image, but... Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing else for this. Okay. New games now available. Yep. A bunch of duds. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah, just a long list of bad games. Uh, Adventures of Lolo 2 is a good puzzle game. Yeah, like I'm sure they're okay. These are, but like a medium Nintendo game for me, like an NES old Nintendo. Any game that's just like okay is not going to be enjoyable for me personally. It's really got to be the best for me to like want to play it as a in 2021 yeah it's oh man the dregs have not held up well yeah and that's fine i mean it is just like anytime you're like super like the Nintendo don't four games don't hold up that well and it's just because they're new to 3d and this is just it's old bad gamecube games still bad yeah definitely and then we've got Centerfold. it's the uh like the western these look like actual models <laughs> yeah, look like uh pretty buff yeah they got they got like some shirtless uh man back in uh this final fantasy poster yeah it's it's you know or it, it's four dudes in a crystal ball looking at a floating castle it's uh and it's definitely the kind of western ingve momstein cover yeah album cover uh kind of artwork as opposed to the eastern like final fantasy didn't get uh is it Yoshitaka Amano who does no, all the? No, yeah, really I don't cool... know what it. Their their stuff's a little like they always look like old. Like the Final Fantasy like official art always looks like old like Victorian. Like I don't know how to. Yeah. Record. It's like these old. They look like old fancy paintings. That's the uh, um, Amano's artwork, and okay. uh, I believe they joined the series with two or three, like the Japanese two or three. So okay. that's why they don't have that like really distinctive look. Yeah. I think, yeah, maybe even Japan, they don't have, they haven't like made that decision yet. Um, but yeah, it's a cool poster. I Final Fantasy is cool. I, I like some, some of the games. Squaresoft. This really was their Final Fantasy. This was, <laughs> well, didn't you say something like this was, yeah, the the anecdote is that this was the last game they could budget for. So yeah. they were literally, this is their last shot, this is their <laughs> Final Fantasy, and then it was a big hit. So it set them up, and then eventually things got times got tough again, and they had to merge with the other RPG company. Yeah. And that's how we got Squeenix, and now they're one of the biggest publishers in the world. So, hey, Yeah, cool. they did pretty good. They had, like, I think as soon as they merged, they had, they, like, suddenly were like, oh, we've got all the best people. Yeah, and they started buying a bunch of Western developers. That's how they ended up with like Tomb Raider mm. and Just Cause and all those games. Definitely. Cool. Uh, there's a there's Game Boy section. This Game Boy Batman game, Batman just shoots everybody with a gun. Uh, <laughs> I thought you guys would want to know. That's pretty fun. I ha- there's a game called Quicks that I owned. Oh, yeah. This game's great. It's a pretty good game. I, 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 you're, I don't really have, it's kind of hard to describe. But- you got to draw those boxes. But, yeah, but don't it, let the little thingy hit you as it's bouncing around. I think the way I describe this game is there's just picture a young me having fun. 
Yeah, but no games that really I feel like I want to talk about. Yeah, it, and ironically, the preview section here, which is another just pile of games, they are they have so many games every issue at this point that yeah. it's just like it's all margin. We've probably skipped over what a dozen games. Yeah, already. I, it, in the, I mean, they're just not games I really feel like talking about. No, no, and the, neither did the magazine. <laughs> but then, yeah, this preview section. Your preview games are Ninja Gaiden Two, Ninja Gaiden Two. If you're feeling nasty, <laughs> uh, and the artwork in this section looks amazing. It's yeah, this, it's actually. I didn't even really clock it, but like, yeah, it is pretty cool. It's like painterly dark fantasy ninja artwork. It's cool as hell. Yeah, I honestly wish they would have stuck with this as like their staple. It does look like the like the Xbox era Ninja Gaiden games. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then there's Star Tropics, which is another classic. And then the biggest classic, Golgo 13. Golgo is back. Golgo 13 2. The biggest anime hero in the world <laughs> is back to assassinate people on your Nintendo entertainment system. Golgo 13 2. Like, is it weird to have two numbers next to each other like that? <laughs> What's well, the second Golgo 13 game? It's Golgo 132. He's probably really upset about it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, this game looks. I don't know if it's good. It looks okay. I feel like they, instead of saying, I just think since they ended it with 13, it's Golgo 13. I think it should have been like Golgo 13 reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> Golgo is back. This is, we've got to watch like a Golgo anime at some point. Cause I do not understand this character at all. <laughs> is he just like a sniper? Yeah. He's like an assassin. He's like the world's greatest assassin or something. And it's called cold war James Bond stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then Crystallis, which is another... Gogo 13 is not necessarily an NES classic, but the other three games here, I, I would argue, are. And they've got the Wind Sword, the Fire Sword, the Water Sword, and the Thunder Sword. Which sword is your favorite, Brett? <laughs> um, definitely not the Water Sword. Uh, probably the Thunder Sword. But the Water Sword shoots snow. Yeah, it seems pretty lame. Hmm. I'm going to go with Thunderstored too. It seems yeah. lightning is always a reliable yeah, friend. It sounds like the most powerful. Like lightning is fire leveled up, right? Lightning uh, travels from enemy to enemy. So if you're dealing with some ads, <laughs> hit them with that lightning bolt and yeah. you take them all out. Yeah, I think we made the right decision. Um, and then we got the old counselor corner. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of questions here. I would say the counselor headshots are not as nerdy as they've been. They feel a little tame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I don't know. That's pretty, yeah. They, Some like, of these guys are, I mean, there is one mullet. Mullet count is at one. <laughs> or kind of two, I would oh, say. Oh, you think Paul's got a mullet too? Yeah. The beard it, is hiding the mullet? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, if he didn't have that beard, you would, it would for sure be a mullet. So we agree. Mullet count is 1.5. <laughs> yeah, but no. No memorable tips here. We got the classified information. It's a bunch of Shadowgate questions, and they're all really obscure. Like, how do I get around this giant dog monster? Yeah, I definitely just stopped reading these. <laughs> it, it's all like, hey, if you did the one thing in this room, then you have a ring, which you can use on a rock here to get a <laughs> potion that will help you deal with the hound. Yep. I am here for it. We got, yep. We got classified info. Uh, yeah, not really... Uh, they do point out the secret mystery shop in River City Ransom, which is just in a blank wall, and it lets you get things like Excalibur. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and then in the... <laughs> that's all I had for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, video shorts, I just... 
The only thing I want to say about the video shorts here is the names of the games in the video shorts this month are so profoundly generic. (laughs) This is really something. You have a game called Phantom Fighter. Um, Then you have a game called Castle of Dragon. (laughs) And and you do have uh, like Dusty Diamond's All-Star Softball, which is pretty specific. Yeah, but but just Snoopy. I mean, yeah, just Snoopy. Like it's, it's not peanuts. Somehow, like just Snoopy is more generic than peanuts. Yeah, for me. this may have been an era where because I I love peanuts uh, comics. And I do. Yeah, yeah. I used to check out in the elementary school like the 1950s and 60s era uh, little hardbound collections. Oh uh, yeah, and I, read I, them. I had a teacher who had a Garfield collection uh, book, and I stole it. <gasps> yeah. We, we definitely, when there was book club at elementary school, like me and Andy especially, but also our other friends would collect Garfield books. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just one of those Garfield, like there was a lot of them, right? Like these kind of like... It's like 30 or 40 at the time. Yeah. And I got to be honest, not all of them hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think I was just like a kid and excited that I was reading a comic, like in class. There were like occasional moments in Garfield that were funny, but I can't remember any of them. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're not funny. <laughs> uh, there's a game in here called Conflict, which is a war game. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice these are super generic. Uh, I do want to point out. So Ghostbusters Two is uh, in the video shorts here. Uh, another infamously infamously bad Ghostbusters game. I believe <laughs> Ghostbusters Two is a game that hackers have or like modders have gone back to and altered the game to make it better. Oh, really? Yeah. It's either the first one or this one. I think it's Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Just trying to make it playable? We should do a special episode where we play like modern Nintendo Entertainment System games. Ooh, like, I'm in for that. Like the stuff that came out in 2020. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still got to beat Net- Metroid Dread. That's not a Nintendo game. I mean, like NES system, like the 80s. Oh, like a mo- like the, the whole like people making like old games. Yeah, like eight, an eight bit game. Met, oh. Metroid Dread is really good. You should you should absolutely yeah play I it. Play an inscription. Uh, uh, yeah, play inscription first and then play Metroid. Dread. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, I don't even know like what the. I mean, it's it's tough. Like, what's the difference between like uh, a new NES game and Shovel Knight? So Shovel Knight, I mean, Shovel Knight does stuff that the NES cannot do. Yeah, so technically, is, is it are is it like people enjoying the limitations of making an NES game? Yeah, and from what I've seen, the mechanics are almost always really interesting. They're more modern in yes. a lot of ways. Uh, they so you're cribbing more from modern game design philosophy. Yeah, uh, so it's not these awful platformers. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, I'd be interested. I, I haven't really dug my teeth into that, but that sounds fun. Uh. NES Achievers, congratulations to all of our high score winners from yep. May, June 1990. And then the NES Journal, I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I, or at least I, I really liked the first section. This, Yeah, the flight simulator. So yeah. yeah. They visited <laughs> Boeing's uh, Seattle, Washington-based flight training simulator. And it's just, I like, I always, it almost seems useless. Like, because, like, the, the simulation you're in is, like, NES graphics. It's, like, just indistinguishable pixels and like can you really get good at flying through that kind of, I, I'm assuming yeah but it just seems weird that you would professionally train in an NES graphic like 
well, that's world. What they, that's what they had at the time. It looks like this is more powerful than they point out that it's a 160 megabyte mainframe computer or two. yeah and it's like the super it's like they said it's a 10 million dollar machine uh it's for this flight simulator and it's just i don't know it's it it seems like the graphics it it almost and it's probably not true i'm sure there actually might be like practicality use of this and that actually you were able to train someone through this well because it, it seems like it it's like with Final Fantasy, like there's some like RPG games where it's like, oh, they want to do something, but clearly that's out of the scope of what we're capable of. And it, it seems like this is, yeah. we're out of the scope of this being useful, but I, I, I figure I'm wrong on you, that. You definitely can't do what you can do in Microsoft Flight Simulator now, which is fly to your childhood home and crash a plane into it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> so fun. Uh, uh, but it's going to be, I mean, it's a real 747 cockpit, right? So you have yeah, all so you the like control. Got to pra- practice flipping those buttons. As as a kid, I did a flight simulator, and they were like, it was me and my brother inside of like the cockpit, mm-hmm. and like we had the voice going like, all right, like they were giving like like missions to us, and we just immediately started doing loop de loops over like we just ignored the guy. There's like a real person giving <laughs> us like, all right, you're gonna want to take a left here. Like they were trying to give us like real missions and like really teach us how to fly, and we just got excited that you could like do a. Uh, like a full loop-de-loop and feel it. And we just did that for like th- th- 20 minutes and it was, it was really fun. Did you ever hear, or did you ever go to a Battletech center? No, I don't know what that is. So Battletech was, so that's like a mech combat franchise. Oh, yeah. Like Mech Warrior. Yeah, and, you, and like, there's like, it's almost like a, 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 like a land kind of scenario. Like it's like a bunch of like right. little so booths you go in. It's networked cockpits for these mechs. Oh, dude, I, and, I've got such a, like that is such a like, Barely, that is the first memory of like that is such a young me memory of, of your doing dad. That. Yeah, your family would have gone to those. I would not have. I would, I just got to do laser tag. And, yeah, but like you, you had these battle tech centers, so you could pay like 10 bucks or whatever and go do these short deathmatch missions. Yeah, I, I remember team based stuff. That's and and you had like simple and complex modes in the cockpits. Yes, uh, where the complex mode it really is like playing, um. Oh, what's the Xbox game Steel Battalion that comes with a giant controller? So it's like to turn on your mech, you have to hit 12 buttons. Yeah, which is so cool. Ah, so cool. Yeah. Uh, So this makes me think of that, but also your your point about ignoring the instructor and just doing loops. (laughs) I think that's why stuff like Laser Tag and Battletech, they always ended up just doing, uh, it's just a free-for-all. Who cares? Yeah, I think they kind of give up. Like I feel like you would have a nerd who's like, sees the potential of it. I mean, that's even the same with, like, sometimes I get a little bummed out with Laser Tag. Like, I wish... Yeah, we could do like cooler like things with it, right? I, I don't want to just do like deathmatch every time. Like, I would love if we like played like capture the flag or something like that. But I I, I see that being really hard to organize. It starts to turn into uh, ra- raids and stuff. It like you know cl- uh, gaming clans and stuff where it's like like it, we're I, I was telling you about Destiny dungeons and raids and how they're yeah. built around mechanics earlier. So it's like if you want to get six people for a Destiny raid, which takes hours to beat. Yeah. You know, especially if somebody's new and doesn't know what, what to do. And the minute somebody makes a mistake, everybody dies. It's just very complex. Yeah. And even if when you get down to the, you know, brass tacks, it's like, well, you're collecting a bunch of charges to your guy that you then stand by a crystal and it unloads them into the crystal. And when you do that enough times, it triggers a damage phase. Mm-hmm. Even that is too complex for like somebody that just wants to do loops. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Just wants to shoot a gun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. What I'm saying is uh, Americans ruined laser tech. (laughs) 
I, I want to go. I want to do laser tag. We should do like we an should. actual la- like I mean, capture yeah. the flag laser tag where you're actually doing stuff. Because like I bet if you right if you I'm assuming if you like rented the place out and like or got a group that was like I, this group is big enough to have the whole area for the hour. I'm guessing you could turn on those game types. Yeah, let's get the weebs together and like do some real <laughs> hardcore shit. I'm in. <laughs> that sounds great. Uh. And then the next the next thing here is an announcement that uh, Valiant Comics are going to do a bunch of Nintendo comics. Yeah, uh, Nintendo Comics system. You'll note that they start replacing entertainment system with whatever merchandising they're yeah, doing. Yeah, they later in this issue we have a Nintendo serial system. Uh, so I was not able to find some of these comics to read. They're uh, they're actually fairly expensive online to order, but I was doing a little bit of reading about the content of the comics on Wikipedia, and some of the specifics are a little strange. Yeah, uh, like they're like in, in what way? Like <sighs> the same way that Link is like sexist, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like with uh, Captain N, the Legend of Zelda, there's some <laughs> there's some latent sexism. Uh, I believe there was some of that, but there was also added characters that are unique to the comics. Oh, uh, for example, Stanley the Talking Fish, an annoying fish who often pesters Mario about his dating problems. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> One particular character created for the comics is Dirk Drainhead, a comic book superhero favored by Mario and all of Bowser's minions and disliked by all the other characters. <laughs> so, out of context, it's... It, <laughs> I don't know. And then they have a captain in the Game Master comic, but it doesn't have the um, the Capcom and Konami characters, so no Simon Belmont, no Mega Man. Yeah. Mega Man, Princess. Yeah. Uh, but they added Samus Aran in. Okay. Uh, anyways, it's it's another Nintendo uh, cash grab, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're super excited. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I think my grandma had like one of these, and I was like, I was like blown away. Like I didn't the idea that there was like because when I was growing up as a kid, I, there was less, mer- which is probably a good thing, but there was less like over saturation of merch. Yeah. It seems like if you were a kid right now, right in this in May 1990, you were just surrounded by Nintendo merch. Yeah, well, it, you can get like a Mario Funko Pop at GameStop now, right? Yeah, but it doesn't really. I don't know that, that. I don't see the Funko Pops when I go in there. It's just kind of like the wall. Yeah, I guess like, or maybe maybe I just grew up and don't pay attention to like if I see like a Mario figurine, I'm just like, okay, cool. Like there's Amiibos. Yeah, but Amiibos do stuff. Yeah, Amiibos are cool. You drop a chest so Link can get at some apples. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, and then uh, more merch on the next page. Out of this world munchies, Nintendo cereal system has arrived. <laughs> yeah. And like, they really fucked up with a lot of these. Like, they have Mario Bros candy bars, and they're just normal candy. Like, there's not, they're not like Princess Peach peanut. It's, it's just. It just has a, it just has Mario candy bars like a small image of Mario and the flavors are chocolate, peanut butter, mint and chocolate. I mean they partnered with a company called Candy USA. <laughs> so maybe it's their own fault. Yeah, they didn't really like bother to like I don't know, like I don't even need it to be shaped like Mario, you know, like I mean if I am getting like a Mario snack, like I want it to be shaped like Mario, to be honest. You know, you know what happened here? Because notice they went to Valiant. They didn't go to DC or Marvel. <laughs> Wait, is Valiant an imprint of one of those? I don't think it is. I think it was independent. 
Yeah, the, the president of Valiant is a guy named Jim Shooter. <laughs> this is in the magazine. This is real. And so they went to Candy USA instead of, you know, Mars or whatever the, you know, yeah. Hershey's. Uh, so, you know, they went to them and it's like, we're going to make these candy bars that you sell for a dollar and we want 80 cents of that dollar <laughs> to put the <laughs> Nintendo name on this. So Candy yeah. USA is just like, I don't know, let's take candy bars we already make that cost two cents a bar so we can actually make some money. And I mean, Natural Kids Foods did the fruit snacks. Yeah, I mean, I some of these I'm assuming are like... <laughs> this, the real fruit snacks are also from a guy, it's just... From Thomas J. Lipton. So a man made the fruit. I, I know it's a company. Shut up. Uh, but like. <laughs> yeah, there. I don't know. I mean, it's. I also feel like it'd be so disappointing to buy these Mario Bros. candy bars as a kid. And just to get like, it just feels like a bit of a disappointment. It's it's just it has Mario on it. So you get excited and then it's just a fucking generic ass <laughs> candy bar. Well, you know, like there's not even like a. I'm get there's probably not like a Mario tattoo in there or something. If Nintendo ran gas stations, I would get Mario gas, even though it's just gasoline, <laughs> right? Wouldn't you? Yeah, get like the Koopa special. N- Nintendo cereal system, which by the way, it has two kinds of cereal in every bag, so it's like half Mario, half Zelda. Yeah, they know they know what the money makers are. Uh, the company that makes that stuff is Ratston, which sounds like a town where rats live. <laughs> I, I I don't know. This is this is just bumming me out. Honestly. It's really really gross commercialism. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just fucking bummed. Uh, I, let's get out of here. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, there's a celebrity profile from Willie Ames. I don't. That's a dude that's squarely of the '80s. I'm like I don't know current day celebrities, so the the odds of me knowing what any of these celebrities they do uh, interviews on. Uh, he he was on um Will not happen. Charles in Charge with Scott Bayo, which is like a sitcom before my time. Yeah. It's a it's like Cheers, where if I watch the Cheers opening theme song, I'm happy because it's a great song, but I'm also depressed because it feels like Sunday afternoon <laughs> at my parents' house. It, yeah. fe- it feels like the the most boring existence one could have as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, we got the pack watch. Uh, we tried playing a couple of these games. They're not great. No. Castlevania 3 is great, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah, we can, I'm, I'm assuming Castlevania 3 will get its own, like, feature. They mentioned Hattress in here. I read it as Hatress, and I was like, what kind of game is this? And then I remembered it's it's a hat-based puzzle game. Hattress. <laughs> Wait, where is that? Uh, it's in the... <laughs> it's Gossip Galore, I think. At this point, they have so many Nintendo tapes coming out that they are literally, instead of having each section be the name of a game, they're just saying, from this developer, here's eight games. Here's three (laughs) from Sammy. Here's what's coming from Irem. Yeah. It's crazy. Shutting them out. Um, (laughs) They sure are, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, that... uh, are you still sad about the merchandise? The merchandise fucking bummed me out. And there's, I, there's nothing left in this magazine to enjoy. Well, there, there is the, I mean, there's a strategy. Well, it's not even the Super Mario Brothers 3 strategy guide. No, it's, it's that it's they're a, going to send us ad, one. Yeah, it's an ad for the strategy guide. <laughs> That's not going to put me in a fucking better mood. <laughs> I would say they've got um, one thing in like new Mario games. Uh, I really like the two, like, have you played the newest, like, 
the what's the Wii U Mario game? It's Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, and I think all of them like the 2D art they have in the new Mario games. I really like. Like they've really like hit an aesthetic that I like. Kind of that Pixar CG. Yeah, thing. like well, like uh, no, the two like the specific 2D stuff. So like if you've got Mario, who's a 3D dude, uh, his like logo, like his like. Oh yeah, the you, kind of illustrated, really clean yeah, line art. Yeah, I really like their like new their like uh, line art aesthetic, and they're really like uh, diving into that recently. And uh, it seems like Mario, like it seems like in this magazine, they're starting to kind of stumble onto that art style, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, between then and now is like what thirty years. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, there's room for improvement, but Super I, Mario Brothers three was definitely like Raccoon Mario flying on the cover of that uh, that Nintendo tape box yeah. is iconic. Definitely, yeah, it really does feel like they're really settling on like the official art for Mario. Like, it feels like they've figured out what Mario looks like. They've decided Mario is twenty seven. <laughs> you can tell that is a twenty seven year old man. He just has a mustache, which wasn't that crazy back then. It's a cool mustache. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have the contest, so we can go to that. Player pull contest. Uh, we have another opportunity <laughs> to go to an R-rated, ultra-violent action movie. Yeah, is that? I assume that that's what I haven't seen. This is Total Recall, right? Total Recall is violent, but it is goofier than RoboCop. So you think this is like a slightly more appropriate? It feels slightly more appropriate, and they actually have a really amazing grand prize, which is you get to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger on a movie set. Well, yeah, I mean, that it's the same as what RoboCop was. Yeah, but do you really want to hang out with Peter Weller? I mean, I want to hang out with Peter Weller because he's just going to talk for half an hour straight about Renaissance art because he has, like, a master's degree in art that he got when he was in his 60s or something. Really? Yeah, so everybody's like, what was it like being in the RoboCop suit? And he has a 10-minute long answer about renaissance artists <laughs> yeah it so i want to see that but i feel like as a kid maybe hanging out with arnold schwarzenegger would be more satisfying yeah i mean well like if so we're assuming that like the last the robocop like a kid came there with his parents and like his parents had to like be like mad as they watched their kid watch like a full-grown man get impaled by spikes <laughs> That feels like the RoboCop. Yeah. Because that movie, those movies are so violent. And they didn't, it seems like they didn't learn their lesson. It seems like, uh, it seems like, I mean, is Total Recall also, like, will, will someone's face melt off during Total Recall? There's a pretty amazing effect early on in Total Recall where Arnie's, uh, he's on the surface of Mars and his helmet gets busted and his eyes start to bug out. It's, it's like a really, uh. really great practical effect where his eyes are bulging out of his face. If I were a kid and I got to go see that, I would one not have nightmares. Two, think it was awesome. Really, I would. I have nightmares now. Okay, I, <laughs> I just gave you nightmares. Yeah, describing I, that. I shit really freaks me out. Like the <laughs> idea of getting like your eye poked by a needle. Well, it's like obviously cartoony. If you if you could you, if you'd seen Total Recall, if you yeah. were an old man like me, <laughs> you would know. <laughs> okay. Uh, the the movie's really goofy. That it, it's got some fun science fiction hilarity. Um, he does pretty early on stab a scientist in the neck and there's blood everywhere from nice. what I remember. Uh, you also get to keep like kind of the, the company cops on Mars. You get to keep one of their police outfits, like their, <laughs> their riot gear things, 
Which makes me wonder if in the 90s when Starship Troopers comes out, is Nintendo Power going to have a con- contest where you get to keep Neil Patrick Harris's SS uniform? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I That I, that black leather trench coat. <laughs> I'm curious and like, like if I want to be honest, the Final Fantasy thing in the same issue didn't have pictures, which was an issue. Like, I feel like you want pictures for the thing to be cool. But yeah. like their prizes I thought were cooler than this. I'd rather like have a masterly crafted adventure that I'm with going on with my friends than meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I think that like I could personal preference. Yeah. I feel like I could go either way. Both of those seem pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, meeting, hanging out with the, the old Schwarzenegger, that, that's not, not a bad problem. I mean, do you want to go to Seattle and have some nerds make a LARPing event for you, or do you want to go to Hollywood on vacation? See, I would honestly rather go to Seattle with the nerds, to be honest. But we only know Hollywood is a bad tourist destination because we live here. Yeah, I don't, maybe, well, I mean, like, I, I don't even think as a kid I ever was, like, excited by the idea of Hollywood. It's and somehow I ended up, <laughs> and somehow I'm here. I love going to Hollywood now because if you, for example, go to see a movie where it's daylight outside and you're going in, yeah. you have all the tourists walking around and like the maps to stars, homes, open top buses, yeah. and then you come out from the movie at like Mans or wherever, and it's after dark, and the Hollywood weird has sprung up, yeah, and you have all the club kids there. And the tourists are still there, and they're kind of frightened and confused. Yep, that's 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 great. People watching <laughs> during like that dark twilight hour. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird spot. Uh, and that's that's yeah. the issue, man. We made it. All right, I think we like, we got we got we got to tie a bow on this one. Uh, get our N- Nestor and Howard Howard ratings. We have to we have to rate those guys. Uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think I'll go first. I think I'm pretty. Let me go back to this comic. Yeah, what was the... What, what happened in this one? <laughs> Howard Howard is just uh, doing an unfair hiring practice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going to get shut down pretty, by the state labor board. Pretty for, lame. Um, yeah, so I'll give Howard a two. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, and then Nestor... I, don't know, I mean, he really just got squashed by Spike, so one. Uh, pretty standard for me. Uh, two okay. and a one. Two and a one. Okay. I'm going to give Howard a, I'm going to give Howard a three for the raccoon ears. Okay. Yeah. I I respect that. I'm going to give Nestor a one. I'm going to give Tony and the boys a solid nine. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Cause those boys, they, they got a sweet gig. They don't do anything. (laughs) Well, I got to love Tony and the boys. Hope the Tony and the boys come back. Yeah, I I, w- I I honestly would not be surprised if they came back. I, I feel like w- Howard Nestor is becoming a little more serialized. Yeah, I mean the continuity is so solid. They're clearly <laughs> planning this out like months in advance. It's I mean like if we're not going to even be ironic about it, it it honestly is a little bit more like not planned out, but uh, it's settling into a groove. Yeah, it's hitting a groove. Like they they, they figured out they, it's like. What were they thinking with the DuckTales one that doesn't have any DuckTales in it? I, I'm going to throw this. I think Howard Nestor is going to get canned soon. You think they're going to cancel the comic? I think, they're can- I think the comic's getting canceled soon. At some point, there will be other comics in the magazine, but I don't know when that happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting we're, 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 we're heading the end of it. Because it seems they're you know they're not doing anything new. It's been it's you know the last three. It's just been a cycle of abuse. We watch every 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 issue. So here's my here's my theory. Okay. Because actually there, there's a gap in knowledge that I have before the Nintendo Power issues. I remember 
my theory is we're going to see Howard and Nestor get canned and replaced by Nestor Knights, where he is a private detective <laughs> in, in a beachfront town, maybe in Hawaii or something. Okay, yeah, I'll take it. It's mostly murderous. <laughs> I hope that happens. <laughs> Me too. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Thank you. Um, oh, if you start the song now. So we can get it going. We can do a little outro stuff. Uh, you know, we can slow roll that outro. Share that. Share the podcast. Come on. Yeah. If, if you're enjoying, if you've made it this far, come on. Share it. Let let everybody know about this <laughs> dumb podcast where we overanalyze uh, a comic for children. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and if, if every time you share it, I will do one of these. There we go. Come on. Ugh. Oh yeah, I'm ne- never stopping. So there's a as the volume on this rises, it also mirrors my own irritation with how much the slide whistle is used. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I'm still doing it. To be honest. <laughs> The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>